High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Welcome to episode 301 of High School Slumber Party. We're still here for now. We were not canceled. Please, please, if you haven't listened to episode 300, listen to it. It was just me rambling, but yeah. We found out that we survive, at least for the summer, but we have some work to do. Mike Manzi, you know him. He's our guest today, along with the great Austin Wolf Southern. More on him later. But Mike Manzi has been appointed superintendent of High School Slumber Party to get our butts straight, to get us working, and to get us to graduate. Hopefully, you know, we didn't get to have our end of year yearbook special we didn't get to have our prom it, it was disappointing and it was all on me and i get that one of the conditions though of graduating was to release all my unreleased episodes so i had to go into the high school slumber party vault it's right next to the kiln in the basement and i had to collect all the unaired episodes of high school slumber party stuff i've had in the hopper there stuff i've had ready to go but not ready to go and this is one of them, because we have to, have to, have to end this Corey lap. We do. I'm sorry, Corey series. It's series two of the two Gorys series, and we've done so much Corey stuff, I'm kind of over it. Until I listened and edited this episode, because this is a good one. Me, myself, and I, Corey Haim, is amazing. It's on YouTube, it's only 30 minutes long, it's a documentary, but really, it's like a, um, how could I put it? I think I say it on the recording, but it's kind of like TikTok before TikTok. It's like one of the earlier cases of celebrities using the most modern technology, which is VHS at the time, to control their own narrative. We have a lot of fun with it, but remember, we love the Corys on here. We think Corey Haim is amazing. So we're kind of more laughing at the dated nature of things and just like some of the forced stuff. But you know what, though? I'll let you judge for yourself. But before we get to the episode, let's get some things out of the way. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, leave us a five-star review or a positive rating. And remember, you can tell a friend about High School Slumber Party. That's a great way to keep the show rocking and rolling. I'm going to need your help. i got to release a lot of episodes this summer. i got to do a lot of stuff to just get a chance here to, to continue this show in the fall. And I need you guys to listen, and I need you to spread the word. I need your feedback. So feedback, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, High School Slumber Party. I also have my own Twitter, oh my Rodriguez. One more thing about this episode. Originally, Mike and I brought Austin on to sort of talk about this. And we thought we might talk for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, because it is a short little documentary thing. It is a short little piece that Corey Haim put out himself. And it was going to be part of a larger 
series finale or season finale for the two Corys lap. But we talked for so long about it and we had so much fun that I decided to make it its own episode. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. So once again, take this chance to do your homework. Help me out. Watch this film on YouTube. Press pause if you have to, because after the break, it's going to be Austin Wolf Southern, the great Austin Wolf Southern. He is amazing. (laughs) Mike Manzi, our superintendent, and myself, talking Corey Haim, me, myself, and I. Happy to welcome back Austin Wolf Southern. Austin, introduce yourself in the High School Slumber Party way, and we'll get underway with this glorious film, Corey Haim, Me, Myself, and I. Okay, well, I'm Austin Wolf Southern. Went to Balboa Secondary High School, and our mascot was, of course, the alligator floaty that Corey Haim was on in school. <laughs> Austin, you were actually, I was not aware this film existed until, I don't know when you mentioned it randomly to me. Uh, well, I, I included it in the, the Corey Haim mixtape that I made. Yes. It was somewhere on an episode, you just like slid it in and I'm like, what's that? And I remember after we recorded, oh, okay. I looked it up and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then, yeah, you included it on your awesome mixtape. Uh, which, you know, uh, I'm going to share again because it's so cool. But obviously you were familiar with it, and I'm going to give you the floor, Austin. But Mike, had you heard or seen this film? So I feel like I, I've i been like caught or something because like, I've never seen this. I've never heard of this. I, I have to hand in my Corey card. Like, <laughs> I am ashamed. I am ashamed, Brian. We've been doing this for like two seasons now, and this is the first time in my life I've run across this. Wow. Like... You know, you keep calling it a film. Uh, it's a film, no. and it's a glorious one. We've covered some wonderful documentaries on this podcast. Like uh, documentary. And voice. Uh, again, you're, th- you're throwing out these terms of cinema that I don't know if they're necessarily applying. We're going to have to come up with something new or get to the bottom of this by the end of the episode. But, whoa, I'm psyched to be here tonight. So, so Austin, as the person who brought this into our lives... Where did you first hear about this film? When did you first see it? And what do you know about this strange, strange piece of video, I suppose? Uh, I feel like I've been set up as like an expert. Like, I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay, fear. I don't, think I don't anyone know that is much. A, I don't think anyone is an <laughs> expert on this film. But you know a little bit more than me, so. So I didn't watch it until I was putting together that mixtape. So it would have been around the time that, I think it was when we did the Double O Kid. 
Oh, that makes uh, sense. Is okay. that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So great, I, I think I watched movie. it. Maybe I just watched it like in conjunction with that, but I had always known of it. So it's something I just always knew of as like a weird VHS thing. And my understanding of it was that he made it as like a calling card to producers and stuff to be like, Hey, check it out. I'm off drugs (laughs) and I'm ready. I'm ready to like be cast in movies again. Yeah. He made it like essentially as like an advertisement for him being back after like some rough times. That's what the legend is, right? Like that's all I got from it too. Right. It's he's relatively young. He's 17 in the movie. We know he's going to have a lot movie. of movie of crying. What do you want me to call it? the video? He's 17. Yes. He's 17 yes. in the video. In, in the motion picture. <laughs> in, in the Oscar-worthy short. Um, there are some rumors about him. So he's not even like peak Corey Haim is a monster on set. But there are whispers that he's not exactly the best to deal with because of his drug problem. So mm-hmm. he writes this. He funds it. He produces it. And it's supposed to be a small documentary, a candid day in the life of Corey Haim, right? We'll get into it. Let me read the back of the VHS for people not familiar with this. This is probably a lot of people. And then we'll get into it. Do you have the VHS or are you just just going online? I wish. That would be so cool if you had the actual copy. Before you drop the, the plot summary... Uh, from the back of the VHS for this amazing short film. Uh, that, what Austin sort of said, is the conclusion that I came to on my own. Like, that was the sort of the my main theory about this whole thing, that it was sort of this PSA for the industry to be like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like, it's almost like a, a real but not for his acting for him as a, as like a person to work with and like a personality and stuff. So, kind of feel good to have like gotten that right i guess on one end but also like what a weird thing to kind of get out in circulation i can understand like it was the early age of vhs maybe and there was a a drought of content but like it's just weird that this is public i guess you know i could could understand it going to the producers but how did it get out Uh, i mean it was just like obviously marketable to the Haim fans yeah, like Teen Beat kind of because it has a Teen Beat edge to it as well, where I guess it's like, hey, we could also sell this too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder because like I, you know, the backstory that I have, like, I don't know where I pick that up, you know, like, I guess I read it somewhere and Brian had like heard the same thing and you just like kind of intuited that, Mike. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like if that's even, you know, it's possible that's not even true. Like, what if that's just what has been assumed that this was made for, but it was actually just something he made for the fans. And it was just like somebody had an idea of like the, you know, the girls will, will go crazy for this Corey Haim <laughs> video. It's his passion project. Though. I mean, th- that's also possible. I don't know. I wonder if it was just like somebody just sold that idea of like, he's a big star and let's just see a, a day in the life of Corey. This is a very busy boy. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like it's agenda heavy when you watch it. So I think that he's trying okay. to say something. However, I think it is twofold. I think maybe he got the money because it's they said they were in some room and they were like, hey, look, Corey, 
there are some rumors about you. You're not that marketable. Let's make a video and fuck it. We'll make money off of it because the girls will buy it anyway, right? Like, I, I remember people right. growing up who were, like, into the Backstreet Boys and things like that. And as these groups got older, there were the people who aged out of it. And there were also the <laughs> girls who, like, continued with it and believed, you know, <laughs> believed. Okay. He's only 17 here. We know mm-hmm. he'll go on for 10 more years to make teen films. And what was he doing in, like, 88? Like, what were his big movies in 88 and 89? I think at the end of this, it was like License to Drive, I think, and maybe Dream of Little Dream was coming up. But, like, those are some of the things that are mentioned at the end of this movie. So he was still putting stuff out. He was just getting a reputation for being kind of difficult. It wasn't like a dry spell of films. No, because, like, 87 is Lost Boys, and he talks about Lost Boys in the film. Dream of Little Dream, as you said, is 89. But you can okay. tell that he is, from what I've read and the research I've done, he's not landing the roles he wants to land. Other people, like Brat Packers, for example, are landing things. Mike, you and I talked about how great mm-hmm. Corey Haim would have been in Young Guns, right? A movie yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, yeah. like, you know, he doesn't get cast in things like that, right? Like, he's being passed over. Um, in the movie, he mentioned, sorry. Mike, the video, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to say. He mentions that, like, oh, I'd like to go uh, grow up, which is hilarious. I mean, I'd like, to, lines. I'd like to not be the youngest brother. I'd like to be the oldest brother in a movie or just the only child, which is amazing. No, no. He, no, he doesn't say just, only child. He does he not says, say only child. He says, I want, I want to go from being the youngest brother to the older brother or even the only brother. So yes, oh my very, god, that's how very important. How did I forget that? The only brother. Yeah, it's such a good quote. <laughs> IMDb has a great list of quotes, and if we don't, uh, if we forget to mention one, I'm going to read through it because we have to. I this is my belief. He thinks that it's all falling apart, but he doesn't realize where rock bottom is. Right. That's that's how it mm. kind of feels too. Like you don't need to do this, and like I'm just trying to think. Like, what if you're, you know, like. Joel Schumacher, right? Who like he just worked with and like, you know, there were reports that it was difficult and like this comes across his desk, right? The the producer's like, look, like this came from Corey, you know, and to be like, he's cool and everything. But then Joel Silver goes home and like his niece is watching it and she's like, look at this VHS I just bought at the mall. Like, what were you like? I just don't feel like you would take that kid seriously. Like, I mean, it's a good angle, but it just feels like ingenuine on a level as well. So like, that's what I'm trying to reconcile, I guess. Well, well obviously I, it's enter- bottom line is it's fucking entertaining as hell. So that's all that really matters. A hundred percent. But the thing is like, what is the least cool thing you can do? It's to say that you're cool, right? <laughs> to frost your tips and lay on a white couch. Well, maybe, and a black suit, Like, you know, eating a sloppy steak and like, you know. this is so specific, but it, this brought me back to a memory I had in college, um, there, there was this girl on the floor that we were friends with, right? Um, and she liked to hang out with the guys, whatever, and she was a cool girl. But I remember one night she was super drunk, and it was 2 a.m., and a couple of us were in bed, and she starts banging on the door. And she's like, let me in, guys. I'm really cool, remember? I'm the girl who likes to hang out with the guys. And it ruined her coolness because she said it. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of that in here. Sorry to call out this random girl. 
but <laughs> that's the saddest story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and that girl turned out to be Brian's wife. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Cut that. By the way, high school slumber party note. That girl later, and I hope she doesn't listen to this show, but that girl later, I ran into at a bar many, many years later, and she was buying me free drinks, and that's the bar that I famously on the show, Julia Stiles walked in, and I met Julia Stiles because she was giving me free drinks, and so sad story. I mean, maybe it's a sad story, but connection there, high school, and I got to meet my crush. Anyway. Let me read the back of this VHS so we can move on. Oh, I have one. I have one question though on sure. on topic. Do you think that this video was directly responsible for him being cast in Prayer of the Roller Boys? <laughs> Ooh, you know he kind of sports the look a bit. I mean, well, he kind of is also. The... I think he's. Do you think he's trying to do the Michael Jackson Thriller album cover? Kind of. I feel I like he's trying to recreate he's... that. But <laughs> well, he's showing his sports stuff at here, right? That's Feldman's thing. So I don't know if true, he would, if he would true, maybe. Yeah. Um, but do you mean with like the ice skating and the hockey and the hamster? Yeah, the yeah. ice skating. He, you know, he's really selling that. That's something he knows how to do and has done all his life. So well, I, he never played like John McEnroe or anything. So the tennis didn't do nothing <laughs> for it. He already did the car movie, so the car stuff makes sense. Uh, right. Well, yeah, and the tennis and the baseball. He doesn't sell it as well as he sells himself as an ice skater. <laughs> uh, no, because I think he's like an actual like hockey player from Canada. Exactly. Yeah. So that I think like if anything was taken from this video by a, by a producer, they would go like, well, if he can do that on the ice, I'm sure he can rollerblade. <laughs> I mean, we know yeah. he knows he knew Jason Priestley too. They were in that Dean Coots movie together, and he's also a celebrity hockey player some of some type. So. Yeah. No. FYI, I looked up how much this VHS costs on eBay right now. Oh God, I can't imagine two hundred dollars starting bid. <laughs> because they went around trying to find copies and destroy them, you know, <laughs> like that kind of like we got to cover our tracks. Okay, finally, I'm going to read the back of this VHS. So here goes: <laughs> Spend a day with Corey Haim. Corey Ian Haim, didn't know that. You've seen him in hit movies like Lucas, The Lost Boys, Dream a Little Dream, etc. You've read all about him in countless <laughs> magazines. Now, just for you, see Corey as you've never seen him before, as he stars in his own exclusive video diary. Me, myself, and I reveals everything you've ever wanted to know about the multi-talented Corey Haim. As we go behind the scenes to find the real Corey Haim. Discover Corey's true feelings about dating, romance, girls, career, fashion, and music. Cruise the streets of Hollywood with Corey and his red convertible. Watch as Corey plays his favorite sports, tennis, swimming. I love when he plays swimming in this movie. (laughs) I love to play swimming. (laughs) Baseball, and especially hockey. Corey reveals his most intimate feelings about his fans, his career, his secret plans for the future, and what he thinks about kissing. Join Corey in this fast-paced, fun-filled, day-in-the-life profile. If you love Corey Haim, you'll really love me, myself, and I. 
Wow, wow, wow. That's a lot of that's way more than I thought was gonna be on the back. <laughs> you, you keyed I'm keyed in directly on something and then I kind of like blanked the rest of it out. But like video diary is exactly what this is. That is perfect yeah. way to describe this. A video diary, like that is pretty smart marketing. Yeah, that's what they want it to be. They're very like ahead of its time in that way, I guess, right? Like maybe people just weren't ready for it or something, but it's like that very reality Ooh, TV thing. Reality TV, Mike, is this the TikTok of the late 80s? Ooh, if you're like rich enough to make your own VHS tape. Like, is he just TikToking? Are these like little TikTok videos that his marketing team would make and they just jammed it into one thing? Kind of. I tried to find other examples of just things like this, of mm. like celebrity video diaries. And there's there's other, I mean, there's lots of other like celebrity VHS gimmicky stuff, but nothing that's just like selling themselves as as them themselves and them or <laughs> I don't know how to <laughs> convert that but, but yeah there's there's nothing else like this so in that way it is ahead of its time yeah right like that kind of wow I can't believe I've gotten to this level with this video diary but this to me is like celebrities trying to control their own narrative, which is everything they do today, mm -hmm. or at least what they try. Yeah. But this is like BC times for that, because you can't really do that at this time. You can try yeah. and they're doing it. Here. Yeah. Wow. Corey, Hey, me, myself and I ahead of its time. But, but, but it also feels a lot to me like damage control where I want it to feel more like jackass. You know, like I, I want this to be like Corey Haim and his buddies behind the scenes, like pushing each other over and, you know, shopping carts. But, you know, it just feels like he's trying to do community service or something. I mean, parts of it feel like there's like a gun to his head, you know, I mean, like his mom is is there, you know, <laughs> like watching over. And he's like, just in case you're wondering, my mom's got an eye on me. <laughs> and like those are the parts that make me just kind of like cringe a little bit, I guess. But I wondered about. Uh, if he had friends because they show mm. him playing all these sports and stuff and there's no one there. And then in the, after he plays tennis, when he comes home, he says, I played tennis with some guy named Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's so fucked up. Yeah. But you're right. <laughs> and it's like, who is this? He just like had to meet someone on the tennis court. Like he doesn't have his own tennis pals. Well, we we know him and him and Feldman are friends, but I think of it's, course I think it's clear that he, that he does not want this to be a two Corys project. No, well, mm. he goes tennis is a great one on one sport, and I'm thinking, well, it's also they play it in pairs too. <laughs> you know? Like, oh my buddy. god, Mike! If we saw a Corey Feldman and Corey Haim doubles match against like two <laughs> randos. My God, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, okay, so a couple things I want to mention. The hockey scene at the beginning. Love how his jersey says hamster. I don't know how much <laughs> money I would pay. My wife would probably divorce me if she knew the amount of money I would pay to get that hamster random Boston Bruins jersey. Oh, my God. It's like a crown jewel in my collection. I would wear that out everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was I was shocked because my DJ name used to be Mikester. Uh, I spelt it S T I R, not E R. But for, that caused me to sort of like lose my mind for a second. And then later, when he's you know making beats, 
I used to make some beats. I started, I dusted off and revived my MPC and like, I was losing my mind again. I was like, if I had that equipment, I'd, I'd be going nuts. Like that's, that was amazing. What a revelation to me. Uh, I had no idea I shared so much in common. Yeah, they're just like us. Yeah. Corey's. So they exactly. really are. <laughs> that's what this should have been called. Corey, just like us. I guess. No, instead it's like, Oh, you know, uh, hire me. I'm not selfish. I'm going to call my tape, me, myself, and I. <laughs> <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to do it because I keep reading these quotes and they're hilarious. I'm going to read the quotes that IMDb has logged, as if it's a person, but IMDb has logged here. And I just want you to tell me how you feel. And if there's anything else we haven't mentioned from the film, please, please let me know after. But the first quote... I feel this, like there's, there's plenty. Oh, there's a lot, but let's go with these quotes first, and then we'll work around it, right? I don't know what order they're in. They're not in chronological order in the movie, but first quote IMDb has is, is there someone I look up to? Uh, Yeah, Um, I look up to John Ritter, just because I guess he's a physical comedian, Um, and I enjoy that. So I wanted to ask you guys, because you've seen, I think, more Corey movies than I have, and recently, right? Because you're doing series. Do you see that influence in his performances at all? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Mike, on, on contraire, I don't oh, see excuse the. Me. I excuse don't me. see the. You know, Corey Haim's dad lives in Montreal, so I felt like putting some French in there. I learned that from this <laughs> oh, film. Oui, oui. Um, I actually see it a little bit. Um, not so much the John Ritter thing, but he. Mike, we've talked about this. He does have a physical presence when he's in these movies. He definitely likes to be physical. It's not on John Ritter level, but I no. can, mm-hmm. I can see how he would enjoy that. However, he gets pigeonholed in some like VHS badass roles after this that are very not John Ritter. So I understand yeah. why he might look up to him, and I see his physical presence. You know where I saw John Ritter, Mike? Uh, Fast Getaway. Real, I was gonna say like License to Drive. License and to Drive I, as yeah, well. I, there, I would say like out of the out of the two Corys, you know, he uh, Feldman is the straight man. I always saw him sort of saw him as the straight man and sort of Haim as the funny one. You know, <laughs> and uh, bouncing off each other in that way. So I, I'll give it to him and you know, like that. So I, I get that. It's just I was not expecting that. He was like Three's Company is my jam. You know, like Mr. Furley, <laughs> what's up? Meet you at the Regal Beagle. I was like, whoa, he's watched a lot of Three's Company. no no i mean that that answers my question mike i thought the same thing as you though like it's clear that he's not like a fraud like that's not a fraud answer it was actually one of his most sincere answers in the entire vhs so like Mm -hmm. yeah and when he was talking about music like uh, you know he's like i'm really into that jap what do you call it japanese japanese funk funk, just that funky stuff Just I love a funky beat, you know. But then, but, then, but then he said Prince, and I was like, okay, that's honest. I like Prince. Like that came out. Prince is the future, you know. Bat dance, it's fucking awesome. Famous, famous Japanese funk performer, Prince. <laughs> All right, next quote. Next quote. Oh my god, I'm trying to get in the habit, you know, picking up a book and learning how to write my feelings down. Not my feelings, but my thoughts. About yes. things, and hopefully, oh, sorry, it's so fucked up. And hopefully, I'll be moving towards the writing and directing things soon. That's how you jump into directing. Wow, 
That would have been amazing. Written, produced, and directed by Corey Haim. I mean, that's uh, what you want to do, right? Like, write about thoughts and things. Well, I like that he was like, my feelings. Well, not not my feelings. My thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah. He backtracks on, like, not wanting to seem too sensitive or something. <laughs> Doesn't want it to be, like, a diary or whatever. It's a, it's a journal, not a diary. It's a video <laughs> journal. Video journal. Um... <laughs> All right, had to say that one. Next one. Well, as far as my fans out there being like, oh, help Corey. You know, where's our Corey? You, you know, the whole misconception thing from the people out there. Um, you know, they have every right to feel the way they do. And things are great with me, as you see. Which is, this comes at the end of the video, FYI. I'm very good shape now. And on the ball. Things are happening. And this, to me, makes it seem obvious that, like, there's supposed to be some propaganda here. There, he wants to tell people, his fans in Hollywood, that he's okay. He's not doing any drugs or whatever. There's just misconceptions out there. Fake news, as we would say today. As you saw in the whole video, he's healthy enough to play hockey and tennis and all the other sports that exist. But if I was a kid watching this, I wouldn't be at all suspicious up until that moment. And I'd be like, why did he? Why did he say that? Like, does Corey have a drug problem, Mom? Does Corey have a drug problem? You know, like that's another red flag for me. <laughs> no, exactly. I think if you're a super fan who's buying this video, you you know he's had some issues. He doesn't really come clean in this video. He doesn't really say like, "I'm back. I've made my mistakes." It's more like. <laughs> Again, listen, I know you've heard some things, but I'm still the how, same old Corey still here. How amazing, though, if, like, you know, like, there's 10 minutes left, and he's like, come on, and they're in the car, or the part with the car, he's like, we're going to go for a ride, and they stop, and they go to, like, you know, rehab, and he's like, this is, this is where I go. So the thing, <laughs> like, that would have been, like, super revealing, you know, but I guess I don't think he was in it at the time, so who knows? <laughs> I'm just creating scenarios now for the uh, dramatization of this short film to be, you know, more feature length, uh, filling in the gaps. All right. Next quote. The direction in my life right now that I'm trying to do, I guess, proceed with in the business is gradually from being the little boy from the younger, you know, brother to trying to be the older brother. Or the only brother. Okay, we, we, we talked about that one. It's hilarious. <laughs> Next one. And, and I wanted to ask you guys this question as well. So I'll ask it first before saying his response. What does kissing really mean to you? <laughs> um, so what I imagined when he was with this question is I like to imagine that no one was, that the person on the other end of the camera did not ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just filming him talking. And then he's just like, what do I think about kissing? Well, let me tell you. And then whoever's, oh, whoever's filming brilliant. is just like, what's it? What? The, what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So Corey says, what does kissing really mean to me? To me, if you feel when you kiss a girl, that a certain feelings of all those dolphins like swimming through <laughs> your bloodstream and you get those tingles inside your stomach. I don't think there's any better feeling. It basically comes down to that word, love. I guess that's what it's all about. 
<laughs> yeah, the Dolphins. He mentions the Dolphins again at some point. Oh, he does. Like, we'll, Mike, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> okay, get there. I'm sorry. Jump we'll in get the gun. There. Jump in the gun. <laughs> the password is Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, Dolphins in your bloodstream. I mean, that I, that might be beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> that's a great... I don't know if that's like a band name or, or an album title or something, but it's definitely a song. Just a couple mm-hmm. more quotes here, and then we can get into uh, some favorite moments and anything All else. Right. I've got a quote you haven't said yet. I wonder if it's going to pop up or not. So I'm, yeah, I'm I have one, too. Nice. All right. I have to say, the way I'm feeling nowadays would have to be intense, powerful. I like that one. That's like a, something I'll maybe put on my Twitter later. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You are what you wear. I was... Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. We. Yeah. No, it's it's a short version. So if you have a longer version, by all means. No, no, I, it's just the one okay. sentence. But this is what I wrote down as well. Me too. You are what you wear. <laughs> Sorry. You are what you wear. I wear something different every day. <laughs> like, like what is? It, I, I mean, mean, that's one of those things that's like. You know, in this context, you, like, assume it's meaningless, but if, like, someone, if, like, a genuine poet said it or something, like, would we think it was profound? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I feel like it's almost there of, like, something actually, like, really cool and meaningful or at least, like, revealing about, like, how he views himself. Yeah, yeah, like that was another moment where it almost felt like an honesty slip or something like that. And he did almost say something like that I want to uh, talk longer about. But like, I was also very confused by it to a degree because it's like, does that mean he's somebody different every single day? Like, (laughs) it's almost sad, you know, like he doesn't know who he is. Like, that's a very strange sort of correlation to be like, the clothes make the man and I wear something different every day. So every day I'm a different person. It's like, oh man, that's heavy. Yeah. That could also be just him advertising that he's, he's a good actor. You know, he's put him in the right outfit and he's, he's a new character, just ready to, ready to go. But and he he says it optimistically, like it's I mm-hmm. like I try new things every day or something, or I just like I'm I'm bettering myself every day. Like I I think that's kind of what he's going for, but it it does it has a weird I don't it has a weird tone to it. The whole the whole thing has a weird tone to me. No, <laughs> whole, it doesn't. The, the whole <laughs> sh- film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the quote you alluded to, Mike. I think maybe 10 years from now, I'm hopefully going to be like in Tahiti or something, kicking back like in my huge mansion, if everything goes right. It's all up to me. (laughs) Just watching like dolphins and the porpoises and the sharks and the little seahorses and all that fun stuff go by in a whole different country while things happen back here. Beautiful. Yeah. Dream a little dream. This is his dream, right? Like watching the the sharks and the seahorses, the dolphins and the porpoises. <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for than your own private mansion in Tahiti? The whole time I thought he was trying to be like somewhat relatable. I thought he was trying to be like, oh, yes, I'm a celebrity and I do this cool stuff, but I'm a regular guy, you know, like this vision is the least relatable thing in the entire film to me. I mean, I think it's relatable in that it's something he wants versus something he has. Fair. Okay, that's a good point. You know, I mean, watching it, I was like, 
couldn't he have that or like does this mean he blew it all on coke or like what like why isn't he in a mansion in Tahiti or you know or that does feel like possible for him but I yeah I don't know I also I I like the window Austin to the idea that like before he said oh while things are happening here as if like his career is continuing in LA. I like the idea that he doesn't envision himself as a career actor. Like he wants to marry Kate and Ashley cash in possibly mm. at a certain point and just retire and watch the porpoises and dolphins and disappear. I got a little bit of like excitement from that aspect of it. Like, Oh, maybe this guy does feel like he's a prisoner to this system and who knows stage parents. I'm not sure, but and like he's looking for that independence and to leave the crazy ass world of Hollywood and go to Tahiti and in his mansion, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was some interesting glimmer of hope there that he actually doesn't need this the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it kind of made me sad, you know, <laughs> knowing what ended up happening and that he didn't get to retire, you know, the way he liked. But. Also, like, what I kind of really liked about that answer was, um, you know, it showed that he was still sort of, like, young at heart and a kid, and it felt almost like a a wish answer, like, like, oh, you got three wishes. What would they be? It's like, well, I'd love to be on a mansion in Tahiti Tahiti watching the dolphins. You know, it seemed like that kind of, like, if the world was my oyster, like, anything, anything. But it didn't really seem like... He was talking about it like it was ever going to be purely attainable. But then again, again, that like made it a little sad to me, you know, because it was like, I just wish his goals were a little smaller or something. I don't know. But then again, you said reach for the stars. I think it was sad because I think he is a natural performer or he was a natural performer. And that's something you see in the, the fashion montage when he's like posing for pictures and stuff. And I, I think he he should want to act for the rest of his life, but I think he doesn't because he's been kind of traumatized by Hollywood as a child actor because he had a rough time. Like, I I think if he had had a better experience growing up in Hollywood, he would want to act through his entire life. Mm. But I think because he's been kind of you know, I don't have to go into like all of it, but um, he's had some bad experiences. I think he's just like, I just want, I'm ready to just like fucking relax and, you know, <laughs> just go to Tahiti or whatever. Cause I, cause I really feel like he, you can see that he has the drive and just the like, just like a natural charisma. Like he loves to perform when, when he's on, and he's like selling it and he's doing well. I think he loves it. That's a really good point, And that's amazing. Uh, those are all the quotes are on IMDb. Anything else from the film that really, sorry, Mike, the video diary that really stuck out at you. <laughs> um, it's only 30 uh, something oh, minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a long thing, so, right? There's, there's, there's one thing. There's one thing that like, uh, right. Okay. So Brian, I think we both want to like dive into this just for a second here, but like the opening. We got to oh, talk about yeah. the opening. Thanks for reminding me, Mike. <laughs> Thank you so much. I should have started with this, but like this opening might be my favorite opening of any film <laughs> all time. It's like up there with like Indiana Jones and things like that. Just Corey walking in to just a room, right? Writing his, <laughs> sorry, writing his name 
and the title of the film. And then it's like, ding, ding, you know, like color switch. You know, just, ah, sorry, Mike, your thoughts on this opening and then Austin. Uh, yeah, like scary, confusing, adorable, like everything under the sun, just, just so generic and yet not and of its time, but like from the future also like the choices seem random but deliberate he strikes me as a guy who rarely wrote his name before ever (laughs) (laughs) just judging by the different fonts and stuff like i need whoever what do they call the guys who like you know study handwriting like i think this is worthy of a master class um i think it was supposed to be like graffiti and things like that uh and then you know we get the infinite loop of music that's playing in the elevator to hell that's never gonna stop the music here the music oh my god austin what'd you think about the music and the intro uh it's amazing um yeah i love that kind of i guess generic or yeah just very of its time like public domain music, but there's like a different <laughs> yeah. word for it, like Muzak or whatever, but it, mm-hmm. it's just very 80s and very of its time. And I was also fascinated by like capitalizing the R in Corey, but not the rest of the letters. <laughs> and and then Haim is all capitals. Like there, there's weird, I don't know. <laughs> I was struck by it. Um, and it's kind of, for what it is, it's kind of a long sequence of just somebody writing words on a wall. <laughs> and it's, it's just a crazy way to open the video. And then he looks pretty proud of himself for pulling it off. Right? <laughs> and, and that was very funny and great. Oh, oh. I could watch that forever. Oh man, I, w- I want to see him like on Brian in uh, Austin. Just imagine like a pristine white subway in the '80s in New York City with the rest of the graffiti artists, and then you get Corey <laughs> Haim tagging along. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. I want a poster of it. I love this intro. <laughs> I'm gonna make a GIF of it. Like this. Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. It's amazing, and it's just like. You know, I don't know. So good, so good. Anything else? This might not be worth talking about, but it's uh, something I thought of. He tells this story about a stuffed animal that he used to have. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I forget what it was. It's like a stuffed dog or something. And then he loses it. He says that, like, the maid, like, it was, like, his favorite stuffed animal. And then, like, the maids accidentally put it in the wash and it evaporated. Yeah. He's just like, and then it, it evaporated or something. Like, it sounds like someone who has been told a lie about a real <laughs> pet. <laughs> it's like, oh, they they just went to live on uh, someone's farm or whatever. It sounded like something terrible happened to that stuffed animal. And they're like, oh, it disappeared in the wash. Like, what real, What happened? What is that story about? Austin, I thought exactly what you, you're saying. I really thought that this was about a real pet and it was so dark and so sinister to me. <laughs> and like, it just evaporated and I'm like, Oh my God, what is this story? Yeah. It's, it's, it's his relationship with Feldman. It's evaporating in the wash. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> it felt like they like 
I don't know. Like they, I guess, just lost his stuffed animal, and then they were like, "Oh, sorry, it, it was an accident because it was put in the wash." And when stuffed animals are in a in a washing machine, they they don't they don't live through it. It was just it, a it's weird, weird that, story. Like, that wasn't the time for mom like to be like that story. No, it's time to tell you that never happened. Like cut that out of the video. <laughs> You're going around like lying without knowing about it. <laughs> Do you think Corey had final cut? Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, probably, but I don't probably. think he, they, yeah, they probably told him he had final cut at least, and he might have thought he had final cut, and then they might have you know recut it or something just to make it a little tighter. But I don't know. Yeah, but I think he was probably pretty proud of it. Oh, he seems very proud of it. He definitely yeah. it looked like an effort. When you see the behind the scenes stuff, there is a crew. Uh, I'm like, this is all you're shooting today? Like, wow, that's a lot of equipment. But that, those were the days, I guess, you needed to rent a crane if you wanted to do that pool shot of him on the crocodile just sliding across frame. Uh, <laughs> got a car mount for the, the camera car mount. Like, that's expensive. There's and so much, Mike, like inconsistencies. I'm glad you brought up the car mount because, like, he's talking about the car mount. And then it's not on the car when they do that other shot of it. And then it's on mm-hmm. the car. And it's like, there's a lot of chronological issues in the movie. Not that we should care about the chronology of this movie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> One of the weird things, though, is that, like, there's this photographer who's taking pictures. And Corey's like, why is he here? Why are people documenting me? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I'm just living my life. This is just a normal day where I play four sports in one day and then do a fashion photo shoot, whatever. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. what are you trying to say? That he's not the best actor? No, it's not about his acting. <laughs> no, I'm it's just about just like, it's... I know, I'm joking. What are they... Like, sometimes they're confused on what they're trying to sell here. It's like, at times it's supposed to be candid. It's... Well, yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, it's maybe not a clear vision for this motion picture. When he's driving, <laughs> he, he he said something or doesn't say something that I thought was funny, but he he just mentions he's like if you're going to drive, you got to have a license. And he oh, he just mm-hmm. like he like sets himself up and then like <laughs> will seems i think i think purposely i think like intentionally doesn't deliver like i'm not gonna (laughs) say the title it was so i don't know it was awkward to me the way he like he's talking about driving then he says the word license and then he's just like "Uh uh-huh not gonna say it. <laughs> so it's like if there was a scene later i mean you know towards the end how he's kind of like yeah i'm like clear or whatever i'm back i mean i don't think he said he was clear that's scientology talk <laughs> or whatever but like if he's like you know um this boy isn't lost anymore and like just try to work <laughs> uh-huh. everything in yeah i thought there was something else that was i don't yeah i can't remember now <laughs> but but there might have been another like just place where he could have inserted a title or a reference and chose not to <laughs> all right let's get to our awards then uh, we already discussed it or maybe we didn't but who do you think this movie was made for not me i mean <laughs> not me one of the a cory fan in his 40s <laughs> i'm not trying to just 
like plug my mixtape or whatever but <laughs> that, I, that I made but there's a clip that I used that I was like really kind of enthusiastic about and that I, I keep going back it's kind of the through line of the video mixtape is this appearance that he did at Knott's Berry Farm where he comes out on stage and he's being introduced and it's an audience full of girls and they scream for nine minutes straight mm. and he's unable to answer questions because they will not settle down. Oh my goodness. You know, I mean, I think I cut it down in the video, but like it should be on YouTube and it's from, uh, I think it's called video set teen magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just like a teen video, you know, like oh, a video you're magazine. Right. Nine minutes. He's able to answer a couple questions, but they scream for so long and so enthusiastically. And then when they go in the audience and they ask, like the girls get to ask a question, they ask, like, will you go on a date with me? And that's, and then everyone screams again and he like can't even answer. Wow. He's like all the Beatles combined. Yes. Yeah. So it's like he had that fan base and i think like there was a kind of like hay mania Mm -hmm. like with young women and that is who this video for is for you know them and casting directors i guess as we talk about it i think it's less the casting directors as the rumor says and more the fans um there is bread and butter. I kind of think so too. Right? Like, yeah, I think I'm leaning that way more as well. I, I think, look, I think there's an element that people are a little bit nervous right now, but I think he, this is a video to the fans to tell them, hey, I'm good. Still, you can still love me. You can still follow me. You still watch my movies. Because if you think yeah. about it, if the fans are that crazy, he doesn't fucking need to impress the Hollywood casting directors. If, if, right? if they're going to go to his movies, it doesn't matter. They'll deal with him. We know that. Right. Yeah, Brian, who needs movies like Mary Kate and Ashley direct to video market of just selling Corey straight to video video diaries kind of stuff, you know, like that's that's where it seems to be going to. That's a market. And I think he's trying to, you know, tap into a market that wasn't exactly a market yet, per se, you know, this kind of thing. But it's like, yeah, why go see me in a movie with a bunch of other people when you could just watch me by myself? at your own house in your bedroom, you know, over and over again. Nice. It makes, it makes perfect sense to me now. All right. Some of these awards are not going to apply. Like most likely to succeed. Mm. Who won the movie? I, I I don't know. I feel like I won the movie a little bit. I feel like as a viewer <laughs> I did, but is there a Wooderson award? Is there a character or person you would have liked to see more of here? Maybe the mom, maybe the photographer. Um, <laughs> skateboard Corey. Definitely. Oh, just, just, just Corey. like which Corey would you like to see more of? Let's do it that way. Austin, is there anyone uh, in the video that you would like to see more of? It's some guy named Shane <laughs> <laughs> that he plays tennis with. I don't know. No, you, you're watching this for Corey, and he's in every every shot. So we're good. It, it is sort of like it reminded me a little, like you know, now that we're really at the end here, and like my mind has shifted as we've been talking, like. Where is the Corey doll? Where is it? Where's the skateboard Corey? Where is beat making Corey? Where is swimming Corey? Like this feels like the beginning of that. Like the cartoon is coming, you know, like he's branching off on his own, trying to make a name for himself apart from being part of the two Corys. Like that's 
you know, I kind of like to leave this thinking that instead of the way I came in with the whole like repairing my image behind the scenes. Like this is more like I think, but yeah, I'm more comfortable, you know, I'm more comfortable rewatching this now, I think. <laughs> Uh, Long Duck Dong Award, is there any character or person you would like to see less of in the movie? Don't say Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think this no, one applies. No. no. Yeah. No. Um, too old to be a high schooler. We'll skip that. So uh, let's grade the movie. A plus to F scale. I'm going to hand you guys the red pen. Uh, there was no Rotten Tomatoes on this, but there is a letterbox score of this. 2.9 on Letterboxes. Um, if you look at the scores, there's a lot of like zeros and ones, and then a lot of fives. <laughs> it's one of the strangest distributions I've ever seen on Letterbox. But let's throw that away. Uh, Austin, you brought this film to us in a way, so why don't you go first? What will you grade, Corey Haim, me, myself, and I? Ah, uh, you know, I like it. I mean, I I find it entertaining. It was. Um... In some ways, it was a movie I, like, absolutely did not need to see more than once. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Talking about it, I mean, there are some really funny quotes. Maybe it was worth watching just to hear Only Brother again or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but it, I, I'm not totally, like, wowed by it as a, as a, a piece of, like weirdo VHS era stuff or whatever, you know? So it's a, a B, maybe a B plus. How about you, Mike? Well, I mean, I feel weird rating it as a movie to begin with. Okay. Um, rate, rate it as a video diary. No, I know. I'm just <laughs> kidding though. But like, I mean, okay. I give it a pass. It's got a passing grade. <laughs> Has anyone ever done that? Or do you need a specific letter? Um, I don't need anything. I, you can give it whatever you want. No, no, I know. I'm just, you know, I'm just playing it up a little bit, but um, like I give this thing, whatever it is, I give it a lot of credit for being in existence because like it is entertaining for whatever it is. I was all over the map. I was confused. I was with it. I was against it. I was for it. Like, you know, I kept having all these ideas about it. Like we got a really good talk out of it. So, you know, like it, it it's this piece of like video obscura that is just like this, this relic, this artifact from the past, you know, that I just think, yeah, everyone should check it out at least once, you know, see if you could get through it and see if you're a true Corey fan by the end or not. <laughs> I, yeah, I give it a B too. I also give it a B. I will give it, a, yeah, just like a, a, you know, I was going to go a little lower, like a B minus or something like that. But all in all, in the end, like it is very unique. You know, it is a, it's a one of a kind type of thing. And I think even just for that alone, aside from the massive entertainment value going on here. Um, and as a first time viewer, yeah, I'd, I'd say it earned a B. Oh, yeah, I, I gave it a B plus. I mean, I, unlike you, I said I could rewatch this movie whenever. Like, I, <laughs> there's not a lot of people I would recommend it to, but put this on in the background. You know, I'm going to take that back. As I was watching it today, I sent it to like five people who all enjoyed it. So, <laughs> um, but I, I knew specifically the people that would enjoy this film. So, oh, you didn't just send it to five random people? No, no. <laughs> like, like Kate Hudson was one of them. Previous guests on the show who have expressed some Corey love who had not heard of it, which is great. Um, yeah, so I think B. 
good scores all around. Is it the most amazing video diary made ever? No, but it's still pretty enjoyable to me. Is it the only video diary ever made ever? Maybe. No. I mean, look at TikTok. Uh, what well, else is out there? <laughs> Did Van Damme do one? I'd love to find out. No. I, I I hesitate to bring it up, but there is a movie or documentary called The Video Diary of Ricardo Lopez. <laughs> and it's uh, the guy who was stalking Bjork, and then he just kind of gives his oh, video no. diary before he kills himself. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's at least one other example. Uh, A lighter lighter one would be the works of Sadie Benning, who was, she's the daughter of an experimental filmmaker. And he bought her like Mm -hmm. a pixel vision camera from Toys R Us when she was like 15 or 16. And she was like this young gay girl. And she made these like video diaries on this Toys R Us camera. And they're really cool. And they're really, I haven't seen them in like 20 years, but. They're interesting, and she's still around doing stuff, and she's cool. So that's a you know a lighter example. Around the same time, like eighty eight, I think is when she started. Wow, that's pretty cool. I want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a good segue to our recommendations, but we do have our sleeping bag question. What does your Corey, hey, me, myself, and I sleeping bag look like? And I'll, I'm going to go first. It's going to be the intro, little color saturation thing. That's my sleeping bag. I want my sleeping bag to look like that scary Corey Haim. So as I've taken that, what what would you guys make as your sleeping bag? Uh, I mean, that that's pretty good. I mean, you got to have the title as he wrote it at the top. Oh, so good. Yeah, those have to be shirts. <laughs> so good. That has to be your shirt, your next shirt, Brian. Like, oh. Yeah. And then maybe, I mean, maybe just the cover of the VHS, basically. Like just, you know, a nice... <laughs> headshot of him but i would have it uh randomly in black and white just parts of it (laughs) sections of it just uh cutting to black and white for no particular reason i like it i like it mike it's all up to you uh probably something based on that pool float the alligator oh (laughs) (laughs) love it love it and the little duck next to it just have to bring that call that back at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, let's do our recommendations. My favorite part every week. The three of us oh. were in a magical blockbuster that somehow has this VHS. Uh, we go up to the, the counter, rent it. We see a sign that says rent two movies, get one free. I say, guys, get some other movies to rent, some trifectas. Let's do some rental triple features. Uh, Mike, <laughs> this is a tough one. So, Mike, you go first. What would you rent with Corey Hay, me, myself, and I? Okay, so I actually did manage to come up with two things sort of related in a way. Um, The first is something that Joey and I reviewed on our Keanu Reeves podcast, uh, the 2003 52-minute documentary Keanu Reeves' Journey to Success, an unauthorized biography. You can watch it for free right now on Amazon Prime Video, if you remember, uh, directed by this guy Brandon Christopher. And it is this sort of like half- Half of it is like, look how, look how uh, sort of great and like, look at all the accomplishments of Keanu Reeves. But then it's like, also look at how much tragedy has been in his life. And the documentary filmmaker somehow inexplicably links Keanu to 9-11 at one point, And it is super <laughs> awkward. So it's definitely worth checking out, uh, if not just to see how that all occurs in, in a just absolutely bizarre chain of events of uh, conspiracy that uh, you have to see to believe. So that's that's my first one. That's great. Love it. 
And the second one is a video like I thought of immediately when after after watching this, uh, I've seen it online. Um, they reviewed it at Red Letter Media on one of their like Wheel of the Worsts, and it's from 1998, straight to video. It's called Hanging with Leo. It's sort of this like oh. unauthorized, unofficial Leonardo DiCaprio documentary, kind of. You can watch it in three parts on YouTube right now. And it's mostly like before TMZ, it's like all that TMZ type footage of Leo just strung together to form some type of narrative. And you see him hanging with like his friend from Entourage. And I think even uh, <laughs> Spider-Man shows up at some point. Um, but there's no like direct, like the most direct anybody gets with him is like, hey, Leo, over here. And it's like <laughs> him turning around, walking out of a nightclub, like the Viper Room or something. Uh, so like truly um, a gem. A bizarre kind of, again, VHS artifact. I think that one's from like, yeah, 1998. So the late 90s, their video on its on its way out in a way. DVD coming strong in about a year or two. <laughs> but those are my picks. I love those picks, Mike. Mm-hmm. Those were amazing. Exceeded my expectations. Uh, Austin, <laughs> anything for us today? Yeah. So I always like kind of subvert this i guess but um, <laughs> you know i know the idea is like you know rent one get one free but i just feel like this is i like to think of it in terms of like movies to watch at a sleepover you know mm-hmm. and this is obviously not a traditional film it's 37 minutes so i feel like you can't just have three things i feel like you need a whole night of vhs weirdness so it's a similar to the direction that that Mike went. So these are, because there's so much weird VHS shit. Um, But I have multiple options of like VHS gimmick projects with celebrities. So these all have to be like a celebrity hosting them. Ooh. So I I have a few. Nice. So first is a VHS that I actually own called How to Get Revenge, hosted by Linda Blair. (laughs) 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 um where she interviews these like pis and revenge experts on how to like get back at people and it's this is the 80s so it's like sign them up for gay porn mailing lists and then (laughs) have it sent to their job or whatever like there's a lot of weird really gross stuff and then there's like I don't, I don't know. I can't, you can find it on YouTube, but it's a, it's a weird video. And, and I love Linda Blair, but she's pretty awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's the first one. A great one is like, this would be like a plus VHS entertainment is be somebody or be somebody's fool with Mr. T. Ah, I love that one. (laughs) It's so good. So yeah, so that's just Mr. T hanging out with kids and doing stuff and singing and whatever. So then <laughs> Ernest Borgnine on the bus. <laughs> what <laughs> is that? So this is a video of so Ernest Borgnine like bought a tour bus for personal use and he like got someone oh to like God. make it make a video of him just like driving across America in his bus. And it's just him like talking about his life and his philosophies and stuff. And it's really great. 
So next, uh, Swayze dancing. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so this is a video that Patrick Swayze appears in, but it's his mom's project. Like, it's basically just like an hour-long advertisement for her dance studio. (laughs) And then (laughs) uh, Patsy Swayze. And then Patrick Swayze and, and... his wife, I can't think of her name right now, but they're they're also in it, but they're only in like the first half, and then the rest is just dancing basically. But like they take off. So workout videos were huge at this time, like VHS workout videos. So I picked out uh, OJ Simpson minimum maintenance fitness <laughs> for men. <laughs> this is the OJ Simpson workout video. Oh my goodness. What year is this? Uh it's around 89. Oh wow. I don't have it in front oh, of me. That's that's way later than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, or it could be a little earlier. I don't quote me on that. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of OJ ads for some reason in old like comics from the 70s. Like he was promoting a <laughs> yeah. lot of stuff for kids. America's spokesman. Yeah. Well, there's his juiced video that he made after the murders oh. which was his, <laughs> right. where that he decided poor to, taste yeah we're, we don't need to rent that on this on this night uh but he did make like a prank video where he went out and like tried to prank people and then after they were oh. pranked he goes you got juiced and this was like 99 oh. <laughs> so bad and you're like too much, too much tuna from the, from the juice <laughs> yeah <laughs> So then, oh, the aforementioned Teen Set Video Magazine. I feel like you should throw that in there. Yes. Uh, that's and amazing. then, and all of these are under an hour. Like they're either an hour or 30 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's Garage Sale with Phyllis Diller. <laughs> or <laughs> Phyllis Diller wow. teaches you how to host a successful garage sale. And then Gary Coleman for safety's sake. Which oh, is, I, that's a good one. Which is Gary Coleman, you know just hosting a safety video and it's uh yeah it's it's good so i don't know if we'll get to all of these but i feel like oh I'm you know try. we'll have to we'll have to rent three get six free or whatever <laughs> works I have, out to. I have an honorable mention i could i could throw an extra one in uh, throw an extra one in what the fuck today? yeah let's just do it so uh brian i feel like was it us that recently talked about this one in person last time we saw each other tim conway's dwarf on golf <laughs> oh, no one's Seen one of those? Oh, I think tonight oh, calls for one of those. Not a film for our time, Mike, but let's just do it. Dorf on Golf as well. Oh my God. You guys exceeded. Yeah, I remember those commercials. <laughs> you guys exceeded my expectation with these picks. This was awesome. Yeah. Honestly, like I thought we were going to talk for like 20 minutes, a half an hour. I'm so happy we had this conversation. This was awesome. We're like exceeding the movie's runtime by so many minutes. <laughs> I love it. But this was amazing. Austin, thank you so much for introducing it to me and Mike. This was a great way to just like put a capper on season two of what is going to at this point be many seasons of these Corey movies on High School Slumber Party because there's so many and they're so good. And we discovered so many hidden gems this year, this being one of them. So uh, thank you once again, Austin. What do you have to, uh, you know, what, what do you have up? Uh, is there a a Corey mixtape part two, perhaps what what's going on with you? I don't know if I'm going to make a (laughs) a part two, (laughs) but the, the first one is available. I think it's unlisted on YouTube. So I don't, uh, I don't know how you can see it, 
but uh, check it out. I think it's on your YouTube channel because I was scrolling your stuff the other day, watching some of your old videos, and and I came across it one is of my there. Favorites. Okay. Uh, your old, you have an old setup there with that purge joke that I had forgotten about that I just adore <laughs> joke. So, oh yeah, I think it's up there on your page somewhere. Okay, so yeah, if you go to my page, which you can go to like youtube.com dot slash c slash Austin Wolf Southern, but yeah, it, it, there's like a custom URL. So I guess it's there, but it it might be it's not private, but it might be unlisted. So I don't know if it shows on my channel, but. It's good. And then also I made the 90s soundtrack. It's another like thing I cut together recently that I think yeah, that was awesome. slumber party people would like. That was awesome. I saw that too. Yeah. So that is also on, um, that's just like a chaotic compilation of 90s soundtrack ads. Amazing. The, the 90s, perfect time for the soundtrack ads. Austin, I watched that like 10 times. So that, that was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that's there. And then The Truth About Cats and Brats on Patreon is my movie review thing. Awesome stuff. You know, you're always welcome here, Austin. I, I can't, you know, I can't wait to chat again. And spoiler alert for those who are still going to be listening to High School Slumber Party next year. If it exists, we don't know. You you might not graduate. You're senior, so... Wait, if next year exists, you mean? Well, if High School, <laughs> that, if High School Slumber Party doesn't exist, next year doesn't exist, you know what happens. <laughs> That's just how it sounded. It's like uh, They're tied together. Next year, if it exists. No. I mean, you know, if 2023 actually happens. If High School Slumber Party exists, because... It, I understand. I know. It's just... <laughs> if we do our third season, which I, I think we will, spoiler alert... Austin, we're, we're going to have you back for uh, just one of the girls. Oh, nice! If if you if you'll join us. Oh, so. of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was awesome, uh, Mike. Of course, you know we'll, we'll close it out. But uh, thanks, Austin. R- really appreciate it. Thank you. Big thank you to Austin Wolf Southern. I'm going to be sharing some of his stuff on our social media, some of the stuff we talked about today. And of course, big thank you to Mike Manzi. Originally, as I said in the opening, this episode was supposed to be part of a finale for our second season of the Two Corys season. But it went so long, we wanted to do its own thing. Point is, Mike did not get a chance to do his plugs. So here are his plugs. Follow him at, at TheMikester on Twitter and follow his shows, if you will, because he's got so many. Cage Club, Keanu Club, Hanks for the Memories, Cruise Club, of course, Third Time's a Charm, which I am the unofficial co-host of, The Monsters That Made Us, his hit, hit show about the Universal Monsters, and of course, our new show together, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, where we talk the films of Francis Ford Coppola. So your homework, your summer homework, your assignment, basically what the next episode is going to be about. So I'm really excited to release all the projects that I've had on the shelf, had on the vault. And we actually have a lot of AP episodes at Island Addington in the vault because we were good AP, AP researchers for a while, right? So the next film we're going to cover is a Hulu film. Sex appeal. Larson, I need you to come over to my house and hook up with me every day after school. What? Yeah, you, me, sex stuff. How about a little backstory? While I was setting the academic bar for our generation, my classmates were more concerned with other things. Avery, I'm DTF. Oh, shit. We both know you don't do things you're not great at. God, I can't be bad at this. This is not the time to be a perfectionist. 
I'm gonna blow. You blow whatever you're comfortable with. To master sexual excellence, I'm going to create an app that would collect data and prescribe steps for a successful sexual experience. I should be collecting data from my fellow students. There are certain partnered pleasure approaches, the rock and roll, the surf's up, the double action revolver, the Spock, the reverse Spock. Damn. If you want to be a dick-sucking artist, a penis Picasso, a bone, a Frida Kahlo, it's all about the tip. Have you selected a practice partner yet? I can't sexualize you. I respect you too much for your brain, for your independence. My God. I can't believe you just did that. It's fair play. Technically, it's foreplay. Don't be mad at my confidence. Here we go. Godspeed. I think we can call today's experiment a success. I have a hypothesis. Love leads to sex and sex leads to love. Our dynamic needs to remain strictly professional for the sake of the experiment. So if we're not doing your experiment, we can't hang? You kids are overly worried about getting good at the sex stuff. It's a relationship that takes practice. Stay safe. Larson, are we ready? Oh, yeah. You just launched a harpoon without tying the rope off. I'll tie it off. I, I have several ropes. Ribbed ropes, pre-lubed ropes. <laughs> okay, and... reel it in, Skipper. You gotta try things to know what you want. There's a diversity of options. You've got your lefties, your righties, your straight shooters, your curvatures. Cool, cool. I'll just be at hometown buffet sampling the local beef. Don't be mad at the confidence. And of course, AP, High School Slumber Party AP, that's where we cover the more modern films. This film came out this year in 2022, and I can't wait for you to hear our episode about it. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you can miss it. Really taking those words to heart this summer as I try to get High School Slumber Party back on track. Later, dudes. It's over. Go home. Go.